Hello, everyone. Welcome to Comic Cast on the Rocks, um, a supplemental show to our regular podcast on the Rocks. Normally, I'm here with Andrea on our full show, but um, presently she is um, um, getting adjusted with a second child. So she has, she's on a bit of a hiatus, and therefore our regular podcast on the Rocks show is as well. So I'm going to be here. Uh, last week I did an Ohio anime, sort of anime manga focused supplemental show. This week we're here with the comic book one. So get a little bit of a taste of some different things. Our regular podcast on the rocks is a podcast for kind of all catch all pop, ca pop culture things. And um, then we kind of break it down a little bit with some, uh, got a gaming show or whatever as well. So. If you're interested in that kind of thing and sort of segmenting a little bit, uh, maybe you're not interested in uh, the whole big deal and you're tired of us talking about um, the streaming wars and Marvel and DC, then you can uh, tune into tune into something like this. So we'll get things started. It is Comic Cast on the Rocks. So um, to make sure you know, it's, it's been a while and I'm going to make sure that appropriate to the title um, on the rocks. Um, I have today, I'm going to try to be as descriptive as possible for those that are only listening and not watching, but, um, I have here in honor of it recently being St. Patrick's day, this Irish whiskey called silky. So, um, for those watching, you'll be able to see it here. Um, I hadn't had it before. It's, um, I hadn't even seen it before. In fact, but I thought we were a little short on Irish whiskeys. So I picked this one up. Um, it says here in the back, the silkies of the Donegal coast are mythical shapeshifters who shed their sealskin coats to become irresistibly enchanting sea maidens with long, dark hair, deep soulful eyes, and beautiful voices. This, uh, the dark silky Irish whiskey is inspired by these legends and is made to be savored by the warm glow of a turf fire where stories are told and legends are born. The comforting, smoky aroma of the dark, silky whiskey balances the sweeter notes of pear, apple, and ginger. So that's what I'm drinking today. Keep it um, name of the title appropriate. Um, what we're going to be, what I'm going to be talking about, unless you jump in chat and then it'll be a wee, um, today is a couple, we'll, we'll go over like what I'm reading presently in the comic book space, Western comic books anyways, keep the manga and, um, like manhwa to a different show. Um, what I'm reading and some comics I recently just picked up. And then, uh, we're going to talk a, a couple reviews. Um, one of them I've read quite a while ago but finally I have the physical copies. So I'm going to talk about it. And then the other one, I just, I think got last week. So, all right, let's dive into it. Um, first thing that I'm reading two things, really. Um, the first one here for those watching Batman nightfall volume one, this is a hefty book, hefty collection. Um, so this is, you know, featuring Bane, 
It's uh, Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan. And I, I read quite a bit of Batman growing up, but I was really always like X-Men was the dominant thing. So when this was out, I really um, hadn't read a lot of Batman. I was kind of got into a little bit later, really um, was reading a lot during the Hush run and that sort of thing. So this has been really good. Um, I tweeted about it the other day the how it's kind of a shame that Bane's never been done um, properly in many of his other iterations. Uh, I thought the, the his backstory was told really well uh, in this so far. So I, I'm I've got a long ways to go, but I am enjoying some classic Batman thus far. Because the last Batman I read was. Um, um, Court of Owls, and I read the first volume of that and really liked it. I was totally into it. I listened to the soundtrack for The Batman while I read it and um, thought it was a great addition to the, the lore, and I like the secret society kind of thing. Then I was reading volume two, and it kind of took a weird sidestep, and they, they diverged... Um, dramatically to tell this weird off story about I don't know some weird girl and her brother that's getting beat up because he's gay and it was just this weird um, detour that um, wasn't a great entertaining thing to read so I kind of fell off but um, anyways the first one was good and so it's good to be back in some Batman um, on the other side of the uh, duopoly here in Marvel space. Um, I both just got this and am reading it too. So this is Daredevil, The Man Without Fear. Um, those are familiar with Daredevil will be familiar with this. Um, it's, you know, it's Frank Miller. It's some of the better art I've seen. Uh, often I'm not a big fan of sometimes, um, you know, like, this art style that is incorporated into the books that Frank Miller does, but uh, Ramita Jr. here, I am digging. I'm digging the, again, I still, um, I don't know, there's something different about the coloring from the 90s that I sort of miss out on. And there's, I don't know, I think it's too many people try to go realistic with their their art and understandably that's hard to do and then it just looks kind of lifeless and wrong so when something can be a little more um a little more large a little larger than life um you know it's uh something i'm i'm a fan of i mean right at the beginning in uh let's see if it's if i got the picture for those of you watching Maybe not. Maybe I can't get to it quickly here. But like the way that Kingpin is shown in here is absolutely ridiculous. Hulk of a man, you know, but. But it's powerful, you know, it adds adds character. Here's a shot. Yeah, that's how I think of Kingpin. You know, it's like that. So. Anyways, this has been really good so far. Um, it's a classic. I've not read all that much Daredevil. Um, 
clearly because I haven't read this, but um, uh, I have read Born Again, so that's kind of my classic Daredevil that I've read. But so Daredevil Man Without Fear, I picked it up. On, by the way, I've picked up both Batman Nightfall and the Daredevil. You know, I get them used or from a different reseller online. I don't buy this. It sometimes makes it a little hard. I don't buy it right from Marvel anywhere, Marvel or DC anymore, so they don't get the the money from it. Um, the last thing I'll talk about here is something that I had never heard of, um, but it seems right up my alley. I think I was watching Nerd Roddick the other day, and he's who recommended this. This is um, the Metal Barons. So, or sorry, Meta Barons. So, um, if you can, I, I guess it's kind of, I don't know much about it, but it's allegedly sort of Dune inspired. I heard someone kind of say, oh, it looks a little, um, a little like 40K. And the art in this is just spectacular. Um, it's, it really looks like something that's, taking a chance, world building. I had no idea there were so many parts to this story and this world. It's a lot. Um, so if I like this, there's more to be consumed. Um, but again, another hefty book. Uh, I'm really excited to, to jump into this one. Uh, my understanding is like this is, I think the conversation was how great French comics are. And the guy in here is like French Chilean or something. And um, that's a shame that we don't get more of the comics, their comics this way, because there's just kind of a quality um, apparent in this that is not seen elsewhere. You know, like it's so uncommon these days. Um, I think we've all gotten used to in many facets of media, of, of, of being used to a real low bar being set. And it's kind of sad. I, you know, I don't know what it, if this will shift back ever. I always think of it like, mm, like the, the PC market, you know, the computer market if for a long time you know first computers were very expensive and then everybody had them they became very popular and um the thing that sold was the cheap thing you know people won't want to pay extra for something better well eventually kind of that you know market reaches saturation point and they need need something else to distinguish so there was you know people that took advantage and made better quality computers. You know, we had the, uh, Sony made some nicer stuff. It, was, it had Apple doing its thing and making high quality products. And then Microsoft came along, honestly, with their surface line. They just started like making better stuff. So not everything was a cheap tin can. And I don't know, it, maybe this is not relevant to the comic book industry at all, but we had such high quality for a long time. And now I don't know. Is it because, I don't know, maybe this is the bad comparison because will, my point is, will we ever return to, to a sense of quality? Like, will we, will 
the market understand that there is a space for people that are willing to pay for high quality stuff. You know, I get that you're, you know, how does it, how do you make it work for someone if you're going to charge, if you charge $3 an issue and expect one every month and have several people working on the book for it to be good, like, what do you, what's a person working for, for that? So I, I understand that that's probably not a feasible thing, but we got to be able to see that there's people that will pay good money for good work. And, um, I don't know. So hopefully we, we can have a, a better, a return to that more. Um, all right. That's some new purchases. That's what I'm reading. Let's get into the reviews. So the first one I want to talk about is called perfect 10, um, by genuine comics. And, um, I don't recall where I heard about this first, but, um, I'll show you here. So at the moment, there are three issues available. Um, I think, and I'll show you the website here shortly. I think you can currently only get the first one. So they must be, you know, these I got through um, the campaign, like the Indiegogo campaign when it was live. And um, if you, this book is really, um, really to me like Gen 13. So interestingly, not all that long ago, I started reading some Gen 13. As a kid, I was aware of this, but it just wasn't something that was regularly on store shelves near me. My comic selection was pretty limited for a while. And then when I got the chance to get something more, it was still, an, it was more of an unknown. Uh, it stuck with my X-Men or Spider-Man or something like that. So as an example, I have here, um, it's Gen 13, issue number five. You can see it's it's a super powered team of like teens featuring a very tall legged uh, or long legged woman um, leading that team. It's the art and and this stuff is great. Uh, it's a really um, you know really fun read in the opening uh, graphic novel, which I happen to pick up in like a discount clearance bin in. Um, Savannah, Georgia the, the other year, um, you know, it's where I really got into it and been trying to find single issues of continuation since. So, um, but you know, the art is good. It's that early image stuff. I like it a lot. And to me, clearly perfect 10 is, I haven't heard like any interviews with the creator or anything like that. I really don't know anything about him. Um, but it's, uh, to me, clearly inspired by. So I like that idea. I like that, uh, that space we could use some content like that. I'm perfectly fine with using that, um, as a base. Um, art is enjoyable. It's, uh, it's not up to gen 13, but it is enjoyable. I really like the character design. Um, some really cool characters in this, uh, it was sort of unfortunate there introduce these really neat characters and pretty early on seemed to just get rid of them, which I thought was a shame. It looked like they had potential to me, but, um, this is, uh, I suppose to say here credits, creator and writer, Dave Brink, 
pencils and inks, Powell Rod, Rodic, Rodericks. Colors, Daniel Rodriguez, lettering, Joel Saverda, or Saavedra. So, um, I have cover B of this. Again, uh, then I got issue, I, I, I read these quite a while ago because when I backed the campaign, they gave you um, the book, the issues digitally as well. So they're, you know, clean covers, nice back covers as well. Um, it came with some, some prints, some trading cards. Um, prints are nice. Trading cards, I was less of a fan of, um, but it's a nice addition nonetheless. Um, what else do I like? I think that the the world setup is good. It's not, again, super unique or super groundbreaking or something like that, but it's uh, just kind of what you want if you're looking for this sort of book. The... Negative is the thing I've been harping on for a while now um, about exposition and like the, the realism of situations. You know, I say that people can, if you watch old cartoons, some of them, like you have to, especially old cartoons or read old comics or watch anime today, it's really all over the place where you'll have characters that in situations that would not make sense, they sit and spew out a bunch of information for the audience that they want you to know, but it would not realistically and feasibly happen in that, in that way or in that situation. I am so tired of this. Um, I don't know how people don't sit down and think, look, I, okay, we're doing this. Our characters are doing this. And then they, sit and explain this to someone else and you, someone's got to say that that we need a different time we need a different way we need a different vehicle to convey the backstory the world building whatever that we need to other than this so i've said this a few times on different stuff i think i have brought it up a little bit in minor way on uh, patrick thomas parnell's uh second volume of Johnny Phantasm. But here, you know, I should give some examples. So um, I have, let's see. So first up, there's a line here. Good thing these particle pulse handguns can be set to stun, unlike this motley crew of maniacs who have it out for us. Okay, so our... Protagonist is saying this. Is she staying there? She's saying this to who? She's saying this to the doctor next to her, I guess. Did he ask? He would know, probably, right? She, like, let her in, you know, here's the guns. She doesn't know. This is purely for the audience to see, look, she, yes, she has guns, but that she's not going to be killing with them. That's fine. Needs to be done in some other way. You know, it needs to be that, you know, you just see the people not die afterwards. Maybe it's a close-up of, like, <laughs> however the gun goes, stun to kill, you know, whatever. You, you just, without words, visually telling us um, that this is the case. 
So that's one example um, of, you know, an unrealistic moment of dialogue. Another here, a few pages later. So um, she's wanting to know what the heck is up with her. You know, it's like, I don't know what's going on. She's trying to get the doctor to explain, but they're on the run. And constantly it's like, oh, we, you know, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Well, eventually they just get into like a side room. Um, I don't know. I guess they think they are a danger, but then we spend one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen about panels explaining to our protagonist what's going on catching us up so yeah this is information that the protagonist would want to know but you can't no one be delivering in this method you're running for your lives so you're gonna you know sit and explain this whole backstory in this moment again you can make the argument you think they're safe I don't know how you do. You got to get out of the facility. So this is information that needs to be conveyed in smaller pieces or a different way, or you know, be one of those things you escape and you're now you're not sure where you are or something. You're caught in a storm and you're out around the fire and now you have time to talk. You know, those moments that those are the. Yeah, I think um, one of the Dragon Age games is kind of famous for that. It's like all, all the story elements and like stuff with your partners and stuff gets revealed as you're talking to your people around the campfire. So whatever, you gotta figure out a different way. So needless to say, this is like the Star Wars prequel trilogy in the sense that the overall, the overall quality and overarching story are good, but the way it's executed in, in those kinds of ways become very frustrating. Um, it's not all it's not all like like constant that or whatever, um, but it it you know it is something that I'm just kind of done giving people a pass on. So, anyways, um, if you're into the kind of Gen thirteen thing, I still recommend you give it a shot. If especially if that stuff doesn't bother you, I think a lot of people it doesn't clearly because, I mean, look, I love Demon Slayer. The anime Demon Slayer a lot. It's great. It still has these moments where you're trying to explain a power or an ability or something to someone else. That doesn't make sense. So um, let's take a look here. So you can go to genuine comics, genuinecomics.com, and they have other comics on here, uh, but including Perfect Ten number one. Cover A. So that's kind of the deal with if you find something you can support while its its campaign is going. You know, it's like right now I want I'm waiting for the opportunity to buy the latest Giant Phantasm because I missed out when it was the campaign was live, and so I can't buy it like just on demand now or whatever. So right now it appears to me that there is just the first issue available. So it'd be a good way. Go ahead and give it a shot if uh, it still sounds like something you'd like based on my review. And uh, go ahead and check out the other stuff they've got on here too. Um, so they've got uh, art books, prints, original art they sell, other comics, 
you know, I hadn't heard of. So Power Trip, Earthling, Dream Girl, Sleeper Agent. Um, so yeah, Cross Worlds, different stuff. Um, all right, that is perfect number 10, perfect 10. And um, we'll move on to the next thing. So the next book I want to show you is called the lucent waking dream so i have the print copy here um i was a little worried about showing it on stream actually because it kind of up front is like whoa don't reproduce show this anyone or whatever you know i get that it kind of everything is that way and it's just a, the way it all is but just surprised me reading it right up front but website has a lot of art actually so we'll just be looking at that so um this came all the way from australia this is uh michael bancroft and um i think it's i think it's just him so it's a uh, story and art by michael bancroft yeah edited by joe fulton and letter by eric weathers so this is a second edition um and it's a pretty sizable book for those that are watching. I don't know what the page count on this is specifically, but I had no, no idea what this was about. Um, still, after reading it, you know, there's more mystery than answers. But um, I, should, I should also show you some of the things it came with. So I got a print. It's a, I think it's an A4 size print. It's really nice. And then it came with a bookmark, which I'm actually using in Batman right now. But this is a, this is a really quality book. Pages feel nice. Um, it's the coloring looks good. We really have like coloring feels themed, you know, um, it's when you move from like situation to situation, they're really when it starts out, we've got this sort of these orange hues and, you know, it's a lot of orange and black. And, uh, and then we move to these blue and teal, kind of nighttime, very dark sort of look. And then when we move locations again, we have a sunrise and we sort of have kind of that, that hue, that orange um, sort of reddish hue over everything, you know? Um, so we kind of transition from place to place to time to time and the uh the color takes us there and lets us know when we're someplace different or some time different or whatever um this book did take me on a ride when it started very intrigued then i kind of got into sort of the middle bits where i'm like i don't know if i like this one guy in here and stuff of like that but you know, or is this going to be another kind of super powery metahumans thing or whatever? You know, I'm not sure. But then it got really interesting again. So um, it was a uh, it was a good ride, and um, this didn't have any of the issues I was talking about with the um, sort of dialogue that's way out of place. Like we're left in mystery. You know, we're, we're we are conveying a lot of things in here that um um we don't we're not caught up on from the reader's perspective 
um, but it leaves it as a mystery and for something that for us to get caught up on later. We're definitely thrown into the mix of things. So art in here, um, it's very good. Uh, I don't have, you know, it's, it's, it's quite realistic, but you know, pretty consistent. Um, I do think that's, uh, that's nitpicking, I guess, sometimes the consistency in character faces, but that's a pretty tough thing. So we'll let, take a look at the website a little bit. Um, let's see. So this, you can find the loosentcomic.com and you'll see that, um, you just like go ahead and buy it on here. It was, I think on Indiegogo first and now it's just available here. Um, oh, this says two available signed. Okay. Three available unsigned. Okay. So I don't know if they're limiting it that way. Just says three available unsigned and two available signed. Don't know if it's kind of wrapping up and that's like the quantity. Um, but anyways, um, it's duh, 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 duh. unedited. Oh, here. Okay. Maybe look at, maybe I'm looking at, uh, okay, here we go. This is, this is what I'm looking at. Sorry. I was looking at the wrong Lucent. Waking Dream second edition, $25. All right. So I was looking at the wrong um, edition here. So this, they don't have any sort of stipulation like that. You can see the cover. You can see um, what I kind of mean by, you know, here's this sort of daytime sunrise sort of look. We got a big section of the book that's all this sort of blue um, look to it. It's a nice view for nighttime. Here we have that yellow and orange, you know, it's for a good section. Um, surprised they show so much of it on here, honestly, but I mean, it does give you a good sense. Like if, if you're not sure after, um, you know, looking at this, then, um, I guess you won't be sure, but, um, yeah. So the loosenedcomic.com. I highly recommend this one. I thought it was really good. Uh, again, by the end of it, I still had lots of questions, but I was really intrigued. I want to know what this person's powers are, how they're working exactly. We see, you know, that sort of the, the time jump and, you know, why are people after, I'm not going to give anything away. Why are people after this person? You know, what's the nature of, um, like the organizations ex that exist, the way that things are set up in the beginning kind of sets us into a, sets the scope of like a really tall tale, big sort of adventure. Um, so yeah, I, I'm ready for, for more of this. And I know there is another one coming. Um, you can uh, see if I go back, there was the option here, the Lucent Painted Death. So, um, oh yeah, three. Oh, I actually didn't know about this. The Lucent, oh, help create. Okay, so this is this funding. Oh, there's a YouTube video for it or something. I got to turn something off of that. Um, Lucent Pain Death. I don't know what's going on with that. Oh, credit close in. Um, we'll have to, uh, have to look into that more, but. There is a sequel that you can sign up for in any go-go right now. And um, 
So you should check that out, that out if you're interested. I am signed up to be notified when that goes live, but that's the Lucent Waking Dream by Michael Bancroft. Um, it's a good one. You know, I was talking about earlier about quality. This one, you know, this one's got the quality. So um, be interested to see how long it takes for the next book to be produced. Um, all right. I think that's going to about do it for me. Um, wow. I realized I took one sip of my whiskey. I just wouldn't shut up. And so, um, I'd say it's only me. So if I'm sitting here taking a sip, then it's dead air. I need a break for my voice anyways. All right. That's been my reviews. That's been this episode of Comic Cast on the Rocks. Make sure you like, follow, share, all that sort of thing. Be much appreciated. We're, um, we'll hopefully be back to sort of a more regular, our regular show sooner rather than later, but we're just playing it by ear. So for now, um, you'll have to deal with me on these uh, comic book based episodes or anime based episodes. Might try to do a little more, get at least some more gaming clips out there or something like that. So um, please do follow, like, share, review, all that sort of thing. MJ Honeybee is a friend that's been streaming a lot of Dead by Daylight on Twitch. Appreciate if you give her a follow. Killing the Flower, they wrote our regular theme song for Popcast on the Rocks, so you can check them out on music streaming services. And um, otherwise, until next time, guys, um, thanks for stopping by. <laughs>